From technology and acquisition to citizen services and mission execution, a culture shift is underway with federal government leaders increasingly seeking out solutions that disrupt the way business has traditionally been done. Here we connect with those government and industry leaders driving this change and delivering the real results in support of their agency mission. This is Keeping IT Brief. Today we are speaking with Samir Kamani, the Federal Solutions Architect at GitLab. Thank you for joining me today, Samir. Let's get right into it. What's the major shift in current DevOps to the DevSecOps methodology? Thank you for the question. Um, so people tend to get a bit upset over the use of Sec in DevSecOps. Uh, and the meaning of today's conversation should be to acknowledge that security should be part of the DevOps process. So it doesn't matter if you call it DevOps, DevSecOps, it's the same, really. It's just we are highlighting the fact that security should be part of that. Um, traditionally, only certain aspects of security are considered in the realm of development teams. Others fall in the realm of security teams. We're responsible for measuring the overall security. And then some others uh, lay in the area of operations. And what's happening in the industry is people are realizing that this is causing a fragmented view of what is actually occurring. So some organizations have moved to a centralized security team approach. Some have decentralized it completely and have embedded security members all over the place. And it's really kind of leading to the problem where you have too many cooks in the kitchen and there are many, many interpretations of the policy all throughout the process, causing people to basically step on each other's toes and cause undue problems for each other. Um, for example, I remember working with a contractor for a federal government agency. Uh, and the agency, what they had done is uh, they had set a very high bar around application security policies, and they had no training or guidance that they would provide anybody. It was basically, you meet this bar or you're out. Um, and it was, it was kind of interesting is that it wasn't as simple as meeting the bar. It was also having the right political connections because some systems would still flow through because they were considered critical systems. Who knows how those classifications happen? So there, you know, that causes all this red tape. It causes a lot of concern, a uh, lot of problems, and uh, it 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 really kind of brings the trust of the entire system down, and that's a problem. So uh, the other problem is that the software teams have to wrangle with multiple security softwares. Uh, it's not this, as simple as saying, "Okay, I do a security scan." and it'll be the same software that the security folks will do and everything will be great because I've done what they have to do and, and I've kind of done this uh, earlier in the process. Uh, because what ends up happening is security team actually has more tools that they run and then they give a large number of findings back to the development team and essentially slowing down the process. Um, so that's, that's really driving a lot of the, the, the problems that are going on in the DevOps and the DevSecOps world. And the major shift is to put the security pieces in the areas where developers feel comfortable. So the, the, what should happen is you should be able to perform security scanning quickly, repeatably, consistently, 
throughout the process and be able to feed all of that data in a very, very simplified way that everybody looking at it gets the same understanding of the system. So it really does make a big difference from that perspective. So that's really kind of the, the shift left drive that's going on. And that's what's causing the major shift in the industry right now. Okay. And so what impact does this new thinking have on compliance and authorization to operate? So when you provide a single and effective communications channel between various teams, everyone, including project management, product owners, managers, developers, security, operations, and, and the endless number of people that are involved in developing the systems, suddenly see the same things and have clear context and transparency through the process. So what has ended up happening is everybody realizes that that's kind of the helpful thing here. But, and everybody goes around the beltway throwing the buzzword of continuous ATO or authorization to operate. It's nothing new in terms of the promises that have, that have always been kind of made with that terminology. What is new is now we have systems in place, tools in place that actually do make that very, very possible. Okay, and that's really driven by transparency. Um, and then that gives, a gives the policy a way to become self-governed. So uh, really to kind of put that more into context, um, when many people have the same access to the same information, then your view of the world changes. You're not just worried about your little piece, you're suddenly worried about the entire system and the entire system working properly. So that's the big differentiator in how the buzzword is suddenly it's becoming a real thing. It's no longer just something somebody threw around. Um, so imagine a construct of a factory floor, right? So traditional DevOps was basically you would have one factory, then second factory, then third factory. And essentially think of those factories as the different tools that your software had to go through. So you would come up with a context of uh, identifying all the things that you wanted to do in the software, and you put that in one system. Then you would write the source code, put it that in a second system, and so on and so forth. And you basically had to have the appropriate transportation mechanisms for data to flow back and forth between, between these so-called factories. Now, that reduces visibility, right? Because at any given point, if you wanted to know what's going on, you would have to go find out in that particular tool what the status of your stuff is. And there's no real way to kind of put it all together in a big picture view and say, where are my problems? Where is the slowdown? What's, it's, what, where's the problem in the queue? Um, so that's, that's really kind of hampered the development process in the industry in a, in a big way. Um, and, and the additional overhead of that is now you have to have system administration teams that have to engineer each of these pieces, cobble them together, learn how to use each different software by a different vendor. There's a lot of overhead and cost that goes in doing so that has led to a lot of inefficient process in the software development system. Uh, the management is suddenly disconnected from what's going on. 
Um, everything is driven by manually written reports. Basically, it creates a situation where people could hide information easily. They could doctor the information easily, knowingly or unknowingly. And it really does drive a lot of the, lot of the costs in software development. Um, the other thing that has happened is security teams tend to be detached from all of this. They have a certain way of approaching software security. And you basically have to, uh, you, you know, your development team can be developing very quickly, but then they have to suddenly stop and pause for security to do their thing and respond back in an appropriate time to your development team to move forward. That's a lot of cycles just wasted for development team to just kind of wait and watch and see what's going on and where it's going. And it slows down other processes. So testing, um, deployment of the application, all of these processes slow down suddenly heavily because of that sort of uh, approach. Um, so, you know, and then, and then at, at the end of it all, security team has to learn the business model. They have to understand why the software was written the way it was written. What are the constraints around it? What are the constructs around why it should be the way it should be? And it adds a lot of time in the hands of the security teams to have to digest and understand that information, have valuable input that's positively affecting the entire piece. Now contrast that approach to a single factory floor approach where you are at a vantage point where everything's directly under your purview and you're able to take something from the development team, push it into the testing team, push it to the security team, push it to do, uh, production, and all of that's happening quickly, right? And that when that happens, suddenly you're able to aggregate the data that's coming from each of these stages very, very quickly and be able to kind of pinpoint where the where the slowdown is, where the problems are, where do we need to add more resources, where we need to take the resources away from, things like that. And then it also creates a much more cohesive environment where downstream processes are suddenly aware of what's happening upstream. For example, when a developer is writing code, if you are able to provide security scan findings very quickly to the developer, and the developer is able to include the security personnel right at that point before any source code has been even you know, put into the change management system or source code control system, what you're seeing is people uh, being more collaborative, more uh, open to ideas and thoughts on how to solve the problem. Effectively, you are taking out those security problems much, much earlier in the process, and you're letting other stuff that is clean go through faster. And that uh, provides the capability for a development team to be very, very effective. And that brings the whole continuous ATO process, the continuous authorization to operate process into play because now your security team knows exactly what's coming through. They've had that conversation with development team. They have provided output or, or input into what needs to happen. And all of that is then being delivered with the blessing, if you will, of the security team at the right time into production.
Okay, so what's the biggest contributor to a successful DevSecOps program? So automation and consistency with clear visibility are the most important contributors. This drives consistency, interpretation of simplified policy, um, and, and uh, just, just the movement of code and pro the, the project through. Um, and that's really the contributor to, to this whole uh, thing. More often than more than often, policy is defined due to the way things have evolved over the past decades. Um, and this we're, we're seeing this, right? So policies were written in the 90s and the 2000s when some infraction happened and you had to go write that policy that way. Well, the way code is developed, the way software is developed in this age is completely different now. So you really have to rethink the policies as well. And, and you know, how quickly and how you develop the software to get it to an operational state is really the secret sauce now. So for example, the Department of Defense is doing this, right? So they're defining the next generation warfighter as the person who has the latest, most accurate and complete information at their fingertips. How are they making this possible? They're doing this by reducing the cost of the tools that, that have to be encumbered just to make the software that they're trying to deliver to the warfighter. So an example is Air Force is attempting uh, to update software on an aircraft as they're flying. That's an interesting use case right there, right? As something has enabled uh, them to be able to have the single trusted simplified solution to manage and deliver the software that's going to run the aircraft that the airmen are flying right this minute. So it, it's, it's a bit of a, a task to, to pull that off. But if you really think about it, how does that happen? It doesn't happen with the best of the breed tool chain. It happens with a tool that can get you from point A to point Z very, very quickly. And that's really it. And then all through that process, security is built into that so that it's quick and actionable. And the airmen are able to make that judgment call right then and there if that's a risk that they're willing to accept because their lives could be at stake on this, right? So they need to be able to see that and be able to make that judgment on that. So ultimately, a mindful approach to the spirit of what securing a system means is necessary to embrace DevOps culture. Higher trust, higher visibility are hallmarks of good security. We all know this. It is the same with software development. Having that visibility from a single source of truth without having to navigate five or 10 different software products to manage your software development, it speeds up the, the process and it reduces the friction between the teams. And at the end of it, you know, we want to be sure that everybody has the same goal because really, development, security, and operations should have a common goal in this. And that is to develop a great system quickly that is secure and it operates well. Thank you so much, Samir. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. For more podcasts by G2 Exchange Media, please visit www.bethealthit.com and look for the podcast section at the top of the page. Music by Jam Studio, courtesy of Shutterstock Incorporated.